0: The Lord be with you. From Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 to 17 we read these words. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. From Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 3, we read these words. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is the word of God. When we read the New Testament scriptures, it is important that we read them with ears that are listening to what God is saying. We need to read the word with care, knowing that it's not just any text that we're taking in, but a living word. As such, we need to pay attention with all that we are so that we might hear the voice of God. We need to read, paying attention to the context, the historical situation, and the grammar and choice of words. We need to follow closely the reasoning of what is being said. As close as we can, we need to uncover what the original meaning and understanding these scriptures had for its first audience. Only then can we begin to hear the voice of God in the words of the scriptures. With the help of the Holy Spirit who guides and teaches us through the word, We can hear God speaking to us now, even as he did 2,000 years ago. For this reason, prayer and the scriptures are inextricably intertwined. The church prays the word as the expressed will of God. The church listens to the word and lets itself be addressed by that word today. It is the Bible that forms the prayers of the church, and it is the same word that the church hears the voice of God. When we read the passage we have read today about the baptism of our Lord, and as we look at its context, we understand that this event was the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. It was there Jesus confirmed his call to self-identity and his call to identify himself with human beings and their sinfulness. John rightly says to Jesus that he had no need to be baptized with the inference that he was without sin. Jesus does not argue this point, but rather affirms it. Yet he goes on and tells John that it's right to do this in order to please the Father, or to fulfill all righteousness. It is true that in the incarnation itself, the Son of God identifies with us in our humanity. He became weak, vulnerable, dependent on others, which is how all human beings start. But it is at his baptism, later at the cross, that Jesus identifies himself with us in our sin, in our fallenness. With his life, he is saying, I am one with you even in your selfishness and sins. Paul says it like this in Second Corinthians 5.21, For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It should not be in any way in dispute, but that Jesus from the start knew where he was headed, and he chose to take that part For our sake. From his baptism, it is clear that Christ understood that the cross was his future because he identified himself with us, sinners. He took upon himself what we deserved because the plan of God in the incarnation was to identify with us and then assume our place. Upon his being baptized, a voice came from heaven and proclaimed something fundamental for Jesus. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now, there's much here to examine, especially about the nature of the triune God and his incarnation. Yet, for our purposes today, I want us to consider this passage from from the perspective of our praying. What does it say to us about our relationship with God and our daily ongoing conversation with him? It's easy to see that a core moment of Jesus' public life was his baptism by John when he heard that affirmation, you are my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Some translations say, on whom my favor rests. This is the beginning of Jesus coming out to the people of the Jews. Here he is reminded in a deep part of his soul of who he is. Shortly after this, he is led into the desert to be tempted. These temptations are tests designed to move him away from that identity he now carries in his heart. He was tempted to believe he was someone else. You are the one who can turn stones into bread. You are the one who can jump safely from the temple. You are the one who can make all others bow to your power and authority. To each and every one of these tests, Jesus says, No, I am the beloved of God. From this time in his ministry, he was claiming that identity, regardless of what the crowds, his enemies, or even his disciples would say. There were times he was rejected and times he was despised. Yet in his heart, he knew that if others deserted him or betrayed him or even planned to kill him, that his father was always with him because he is the beloved of God, the son of God. Prayer is listening to that voice. If we are in Him, as Paul says over and over again, then for us, prayer is listening to that same voice that spoke to Jesus. If we now identify with Christ in His righteousness and by His grace, then when the Father speaks to Christ and proclaims that He is the Beloved, might He not also be speaking to us as well? At the Jordan, Jesus was putting Himself in our place, so did not the Father say to Him and us, you are my beloved, and my favor rests on you. In prayer, we are the ones who must listen and assert the truth of who we are in Christ. We are not what we do or what people say about us. We are not what we possess. For certain, there is no sin in being successful. There is nothing wrong about being popular or being widely appreciated by others. There is also nothing wrong with having a position of power, but our spiritual identity is not in any way rooted in these things. Life cannot determine who we are, but God does. That's why we pray, to hear him proclaim to us who we are, whose we are. We are the beloved of God. There are many places in scriptures where we can see this borne out. Let me cite just one from 1 John 3, verse 1. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Well, did you hear it? Again, we see the Father as the one who establishes our identity. And what is it? We are the lavishly loved children of God. God calls Jesus Christ, the beloved son. He calls us his beloved children. It is only as we see this, that we can truly begin to live the whole Christian life. Late in the ministry of Jesus, we see him and three disciples going up to the mountain to pray. Probably, it doesn't say as much, but that's where Jesus usually went to pray. And while up there, the Lord is transfigured. We do not really know exactly what that means, but it is described as a change of appearance and a meeting with Elijah and Moses. One of the disciples is dumbstruck, so he says, whatever first comes into his mind, and he is immediately cut off by the voice of God. It's not a time for speaking, but a time for listening. And what do those disciples hear but an affirmation from the Father of the identity of the Son and their need to listen to what he says. Listen, this is my Son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. This was spoken to those three who were first with Jesus, but it also is spoken to all disciples. It is spoken to you if you follow Jesus. Our praying is a listening to Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God, for we are in Him and He is in us. A life of prayer is born out of knowing who you are, your identity, truthfully held in the heart, is the gate to that intimate place where we tell God all that's going on with us and where He tells us who we are again and again. You are my beloved. I'm very pleased to be your father. Let us pray. Our Father, we pray to you as your children, called and accepted, loved and protected. Be with us this day as we begin to live out in the details of our life the truth that we are no longer orphans, but yours forever. Tune our ears as we pray that we would listen to the voice of our Lord, that as he would speak, we would say his word, that as he would move, we would follow, and as he would stoop, we would serve those he's given us. We ask this all according to the love you have shown us in the Son. In his name alone do we pray, amen and amen.